Hello, welcome to Infinite Cast, uh, a podcast about Infinite Jest. Uh, I'm Chris Wade. I- I'm Molly O'Brien. Have we ever introduced ourselves on this podcast? No, we have not. Yeah. Um, Infinite Jest meme watch. I saw two Infinite Jest memes uh, this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, two Infinite Jest memes, uh, which I can describe in the, in the discussion section for the sake of not bogging down the beginning, but it is just always continuously uh, funny to me. I guess they're not really memes. They're just jokes. Oh, sure. You know, I guess it, we, we've diluted the concept of memes down to the point where it's like a meme is just a joke you see on the internet. Yeah. Or several times. Well, I guess of it, Infinite Jest itself, the book would be the meme. Mm. Like that, it, the idea of there being a inherent joke around the book it's is the, sim- the meme. Yeah, it's a symbol. It it's is the symbol. the symbol. Yeah. It does not, yeah. And so then I saw it saw the meme of infinite jest applied in two different jokes this mm-hmm. week which i will describe when we're done with the reading the, it's the best way to experience a meme is to hear it on a podcast yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> there are many podcasts devoted to this we were just hearing about one yesterday it's true it's true the slate thing yeah i'm gonna have to listen to that the slate internet gab fest the slate internet gab fest where we gab all about the things that we heard on the internet this week mm-hmm. Uh, like the sexy boat boat pictures. Yeah. Did you see those? Yes. Uh, wait, no. I or saw a lot like of the anamorphized anime, uh, or uh, visions of the boat that was stuck in the canal. The uh, ever given. The ever given. But how about that for a girl's name? Ever given. Ever given Wade. And then the boy w- could can be named Suez. That's cool. Yeah. Well, they work as like pair names. Ever given is a very like cr- fundamental fundamentalist Christian name for like a girl who got married at the age of twenty, so she could finally stop feeling bad about the sex she was already having. <laughs> it's a very purity name, purity ball name. Yeah. All right, let's get to the reading, and them. then we'll uh, we'll talk about memes later. Okay. Fifth <laughs> um, November, year of the depend adult under garment. The transparent phone sounded from somewhere under the hill of bedding, which immediately <laughs> takes us to end note 82. Uh, maybe in like psychic opposition to their mom's compulsive cleaning thing, both Orin when he was at ETA and now Hal are horrific slobs. In Hal's case, so we're in Hal's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Hal's case, this is facilitated by the fact that the third floor of Subdorm C's prorector is the incredibly lax and laid back Corbett Thorpe who may stutter and go in for half-baked motivational experiments on the younger players, but never comes around with a white glove and clipboard. Mario makes his bed without fail, but you have to keep in mind that it's not like he's got all that much else to do. (laughs) Hal's fitted sheet... Poor Mario. (laughs) I know. Hal's fitted sheet and sheet are Bean James River flannels in matching green and black night watch plaid. And for a comforter, he uses a green fiber fill winter camp sleeping bag that's of unknown origin and price because he got it for Xmas and it had all the tags removed. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very that's a very strange little anecdote. I guess. But it's it's I I, I feel that very accurately. That feels like somebody at a at a uh, a send away school, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, that both that you're using a sleeping bag and that maybe Hal's dad was so drunk that he was just like steal, like he was just giving like Hal pre- Hal presents that were his own. Yeah, things. from like the basement or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like we need to heap compliments on the book, but it is in its all like fussy ornateness. It is very well observed. You yes, know? it is. Um, 
back to the text, uh, under the hill of bedding, as Hal was on the edge of the bed with one leg up and his chin on its knee, uh, clipping his nails into a wastebasket that sat several meters away in the middle of the room. It took four rings to find the receiver in the bedding and pull the antenna out. I like that the, the, the phone is uh, clear uh, glass. Yes. Uh, you know, that, that feels very near future-ish. In the but also <laughs> ni- very 90s. Very 90s. Uh, when I was tweeting about The Rock yesterday, somebody hit me to the fact that the part of Young Rock that is set in 2032 is a near future where everything is identical except all the phones and devices are just clear plastic slabs. So sure. David Foster Wallace, the writers of Young Rock, they have the same vision of the near and, future. And uh, the, fi- the fists uh, grasp in the handshake. Yeah. Um, yellow. Mr. Incredenza, this is the Enfield Raw Sewage Commission, and quite frankly, we've had enough shit out of you. <laughs> Hello, Oren. How hangs it, kid? God, please no. Please oh. Not more separatism questions. Relax. Never cross my mind. Social call. Shoot the breeze. Interesting you should call just now, because I'm clipping my toenails into a wastebasket several meters away. Jesus, you know how I hate the sound of nail clippers. Except I'm shooting 70 plus percent. The little fragments of clipping. It's uncanny. I keep wanting to go out in the hall and get somebody in here to see it, but I don't want to break the spell. The fragile magic spell feel of those intervals where it feels you just can't miss. It's definitely one of those just can't miss intervals. It's just like that magical feeling on those rare days out there playing. Playing out of your head, Delint calls it. Loach calls it the zone. Being in the zone. Those days when you feel perfectly calibrated, coordinated as God. Some groove in the shape of the air of the day guides everything down and in. When you feel like you couldn't miss if you tried to. I'm so far away, the wastebasket's mouth looks more like a slot than a circle. And yet in they go, ka-ching, ka-ching. There went another one. Even the misses are near misses. Carom's off the rim. Well, I'm sitting here with a leg in a whirlpool in the bathroom of a Norwegian deep tissue therapist's ranch-style house (laughs) 1,100 meters up in the Superstition Mountains, Mesa Scottsdale, in flames far below. The bathroom's redwood paneled and overlooks a precipice. The sunlight's the color of the bronze. Is this in continuity with the first time we saw Orin? Um... Mm, or is it just that he no, it's has not, a leg in a whirlpool? Uh, it's it, not the first time. Okay. Not the first time. Because um, he's also, it sounds like he's maybe in a female subject's house. Okay. A Norwegian deep tissue therapist. Or that might just be his, ther- his uh, massage therapist. I don't know. But you never know when the magic will descend on you. You never know when the grooves will open up. And once the magic descends, you don't want to change even the smallest detail. You don't know what concordance of factors and variables lead that calibrated can't-miss feeling. You don't want to soil the magic by trying to figure it out, but you don't want to change your grip, your stick, your side of the court, your angle of incidence to the sun, your heart's in your throat every time you change sides of the court. You start to get like a superstitious native. What's the word? Propitiate the divine spell. I suddenly understand the gazuntite impulse, the salt over the shoulder, and apotropaic barn signs. I'm actually frightened to switch feet right now. I'm clipping off the tiniest aerodynamically viable clippings possible to prolong the time on this foot in case the magic's a function of the foot. This isn't even the good foot. These can't-miss intervals make superstitious natives out of us all, Hallie. 
the professional football player is maybe the worst superstitious native of all the sports. That's why all the high-tech padding and garish lycra and complex play terminology, the, like, self-reassuring display of high-tech, because the bug-eyed natives lurking just under the surface, we know. The bug-eyed, spear-rattling, grass-skirted primitive feeding virgins to... uh, Popogatapec <laughs> and afraid of planes. Yo, is that racist? Uh, probably. Uh, the new discursive OED says the Ots of Vancouver used to cut virgins' throats and pour the blood very carefully into the orifices of the embalmed bodies of their ancestors. <laughs> I can hear those clippers. Quit with the clippers a second. The phone's no longer wedged under my jaw. I can even do it one-handed, holding the phone in one hand, but it's still the same foot. You don't know from true bug-eyed athletic superstition till you hit the pro ranks, Hallie. When you hit the show is when you'll understand primitive. Winning streaks bring the native bubbling up to the surface. Jock straps unwashed game after game until they stand up by themselves in the overhead luggage compartments of planes. Bizarrely ritualized dressing, eating, peeing. Micturation. Picture a 200 kilo interior lineman insisting on sitting down to pee. Don't even ask what wives and girlfriends have to suffer during a can't miss winning streak. I don't want to hear sexual stuff. (laughs) Then there are the players who write down exactly what they say to everybody before a game. So if it's a magical can't miss type game, they can say exactly the same things to the same people in the same order before the next game. Apparently, the Ots tried to fill up ancestors' bodies completely with virgin blood to preserve the privacy of their own mental states. The apposite Ot dictum here being, quote, the sated ghost cannot see secret things. (laughs) The (laughs) The discursive OED postulates that this is one of the earlier on-record prophylactics against schizophrenia. Hey, Hallie. After a burial rural Papineau region Quebecers purportedly drill a small hole down from ground level all the way down through the lid of the coffin to let out the soul if it wants out. Hey, Hallie, I think I'm being followed. This is the big moment. I've totally exhausted the left foot finally, and I'm switching to the right foot. This will be the real test of the fragility of the spell. I said, I think I'm being followed. Some men are born to lead, oh. I'm serious, and here's the weird part. Here's the part that explains why you're sharing this with your estranged little brother instead of with anybody whose credulity you'd actually value. Can I ask a stupid question? Nope. Yes. How, no. <laughs> no. Uh, yes. It's. I was gonna say no. It's not a stupid question. No. Uh, how does he spell Hallie? H a l l i e. H a l l i e. Yeah. Okay. That's not any of the ways that I assumed <laughs> that I thought it. What would did you think it was? Spelled? I was trying. That's why I asked. I don't know if it, how you would spell that. H a l y. H a l e y. Yeah. H-A-L-L, Hallie. Hallie. But that's Haley. I, well, I mean, his name is Hal, though. I know, but... So, it's pronounced... I, I mean, I, I honestly, I think that it is in itself a joke that it is kind of impossible to spell the pronunciation of... The human pronunciation of Hallie. Oh, you know, Hal is also... Um, it's a different play, but Hal is what they called right? uh, Henry... the f- Prince Hal. Fifth, Prince yeah. Hal. The uh the the princeling the, the princeling yeah we got a bunch of emails or at least two emails about uh uh, uh Hamlet <laughs> that I don't remember what they say we'll read them later <laughs> okay yeah we'll do mailbox uh 
the weird part is I think I'm being followed by handicapped people. <laughs> okay, yeah. Two for three on the right foot with one carom. Jury's still out. Quit with a clipping a second. I'm not kidding. Take the other day. I strike up a conversation with a certain subject in line in the post office. I notice a guy in a wheelchair behind us. No big deal. Are you listening? What are you doing going to the post office? You hate snail mail. You quit mailing the moms the pseudo form replies two years ago, Mario says. But so the conversation goes well and hits it off. Uh, seduction strategies 12 and 16 are employed, which I'll tell you about sometime at length. The point is the subject and I walk out together hitting it off and there's another guy in a wheelchair whittling in the shade of a shop awning just down the street. Okay, still not necessarily any kind of deal. But now the subject and I drive to her trailer park. Phoenix has trailer parks? Not those silverish metal trailers. So, but we get out of the car, and across the park's lot, here's yet another wheelchaired guy trying to maneuver in the gravel and not making a very good job of it. Doesn't Arizona have more of its share of the old, more than its share of the old and infirm? But none of these handicapped guys were old, and they were all awfully burly for guys in wheelchairs. And three in an hour is kind of stretching it, I was thinking. I always picture you having your little trysts in more domestic suburban settings, or else tall motels with exotically shaped beds. Do women in metal trailers even have small children? This one had very sweet little twin girls who played very quietly with blocks without supervision the whole time. <laughs> Cockle warming, oh. And but so, the point is, I decamped the trailer like X number of hours later, and the guy's still there, mired in gravel. And in the distance, I could swear he's got on some kind of domino mask. <laughs> and now everywhere I go the last several days, there seems to be a statistically improbable number of wheelchaired figures around, lurking, somehow just a little too nonchalantly. Very shy fans, possibly? Some club of leg-dysfunctional people all obsessed in that shy fan-like way with one of the first North American sports figures people think of in connection with the word leg? <laughs> It's probably my imagination. A dead bird fell in my jacuzzi. But now let me ask you a couple of questions. This all wasn't why I even originally called. But you brought up trailer parks and trailers. I need to confirm some suspicions. Two points right in there. Ka-ching. Never having been in a trailer and even the discursive OED having pretty much of a lacuna where trailer park trailers are concerned. And this is the one supposedly non-Bats family member I call. This is who I reach out to. It'd be whom, I think. But this trailer, the Lady You Met's trailer, confirm or deny the following. Its carpet was wall-to-wall -wall and extremely thin, a kind of burnt yellow or orange. Yes. The living room or, like, den area contained some or all of the following. A black velvet painting featuring an animal, a, a videophonic diorama on some sort of some sort of knickknack shelf, a needlepoint sampler with some kind of frothy biblical saw on it, at least one piece of chintz furniture with protective doilies on the arms. I like that the uh, the videophonic dioramas are now coded trashy. Trashy, yeah, tr yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, at, uh, a smoke begone air filtration ashtray. The last couple years, Reader's Digest neatly displayed in their own special inclined magazine rack. I also like that he envisions a future uh, with this, like, the videophonic dioramas and, like, the clear telephones that also, uh, you know, has stacks of Reader's Digests. Mm -hmm. Right, paper magazines. Yeah. 
<laughs> Even David Foster Wallace could not predict the death of print. I mean, yeah, this, look at this book. It's huge. Uh, <laughs> He's doing his best to keep it alive. <laughs> uh, check on velvet painting of leopard, sample or sofa with doilies, ashtray. No reader's digest. This isn't especially funny, Hallie. The moms comes out in you in these odd little ways sometimes. Last one. The trailer person's name. Jean. May. Nora. Vera. Nora Jean or Vera May. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. That was my question. Uh, I guess I'll have to get back to you on that. Boy, you really put the small R in romance, don't you? <laughs> but why I'm calling. It's not clear whether the fragile can't-miss magic still in force on the right foot. I'm trying seven for nine. or I'm seven for nine, but there's a whole different feel of somehow deliberately trying to get them in. <laughs> Hallie, I've got somebody from Moment Fucking Magazine out here doing a, quote, soft profile. You've got what? A human interest thing on me as a human. Moment doesn't do hard sports, this lady says. They're more people-oriented, human interest. It's for something called, quote, people right now, a section. <laughs> people, right. people right now. <laughs> Moment's a supermarket checkout lane display magazine. It's in there with the Rodneys and gum. Lateral Alice Moore reads it. It's all over CT's waiting room. They did a, th a little thing on the. Uh, they did a thing on the little blind Illinois kid Thorpe thought so well of. How? <laughs> I think lateral Alice spends a lot of time in grocery checkout lanes, which, if you think about it, are almost the ideal environment for her. Can she only move laterally? <laughs> she can only move laterally. How? Being that she can just locomote sideways right on through. Hallie, this physically imposing moment girls asking all these soft profilist question, family background questions. She wants to know about himself. Everybody. You, the mad stork, the moms. <laughs> it's gradually emerging. It's going to be some sort of memorial to the stork as patriarch. Everybody's talents and accomplishments profiled as some sort of refracted tribute to El Storco's careers. El Storco, I caron. He always did cast a long shadow, you said. Uh, so, sorry to keep making so many asides. Do we have a sense of how notable J.O. was in general? Like, was he a, a public figure that would be, like, known by people? Or was he, you know, if you were, like, heavy in the tennis scene or the, like experimental like art film scene more of the latter okay. i don't think he was ever like a nationally famous guy but like when he died between his work in tennis film and then also like experimental um, experimental lens. like technology. lens technology and like maybe what like weapons also <laughs> yes. low-key um he uh he he was known in those circles yeah he, he's like maybe a, he's like the kind of guy that would now if if fucking dfw knew about this would give ted talks you know yeah he's yeah. like on the ted talk circuit yes a thought leader as, of some sort. yeah a thought leader as much as shingy is a known oh individual <laughs> maybe you would know who jo incandenza was yeah um of course and my first thought is to invite her to go piss up a string but moment's been in touch with the team the front offices indicated a soft profile would be positive for the team Cardinal Stadium isn't exactly groaning under the weight of all the fannies, winning streak or no. 
I've also thought of referring her to Bane, let Bane ran at her or send her letters, just trying to par- unparse for quotes. Ta- Wait, what? Let Bane rant at her or send her letters, uh, just trying to unparse for quotes and take her a month. Her as in female, not your typical Orin type subject. A hardened, fast-lane, gum-cracking, maybe even small, childless, journalist-type female in from New York on the red eye. <laughs> Plus, you said imposing. Not all that tough or hard, but physically imposing. Large, but not unerotic. A, gr- <laughs> a girl in a, and a half in all directions. <laughs> a girl and a half in all directions. <laughs> a girl to dominate the space of any trailer she lives in. Mm. Enough with the trailerisms. The strained quality is me trying to speak and pick caromed uh, toenail pairings up off the floor at the same time. This girl's immune to most of your standard conversational distractions. (laughs) You're afraid you're losing your touch. An immune girl and a half. I said distraction, not seduction. You kind of wisely avoid any female who you suspect could beat you up if things came down to that. (laughs) She's more imposing than like most of our starting backfield, but weirdly sexy. The linemen are gaga. The tackles keep making all these cracks about does she maybe want to see their hard profile? <laughs> Let's hope her prose is better than whoever did that human interest thing on the blind kid last spring. Have you bounced this new fear of the handicapped off her? Listen, you of all people should know that I have zero intent of forthrightly answering any stained family linen type questions from anybody, much less somebody who takes shorthand, physical charms or no. You in tennis, you in the Saints, himself in tennis, the moms in Quebec and Royal Victoria, the moms in immigration, himself in annulation, himself in Lyle, himself in distilled spirits, himself killing himself, you and Joel, himself and Joel, the moms in CT, you versus the moms, ETA, non-existent films, etc. But you can see how it's all going to get me thinking. How to avoid being forthright about the stork material unless I know what the really forthright answers would be. <laughs> Everybody said you'd regret not coming to the funeral, but I don't think this is what they meant. For example, the stork took himself down before CT moved in upstairs at HMH or after. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. This is you asking me? Don't make this appalling for me, Hal. I wouldn't dream of even trying. Dot, dot, dot. Immediately before, two, three days before, CT had had what's now DeLint's room next to Stitz in Comad. And Dad knew they were... Very close? I don't know, oh. You don't know? Mario might know. Like to chew the fat with boo-boo on this, oh? Don't make this like this, Hallie. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. And Dad, the mad stork put his head in the oven? Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. The microwave, oh. The rotisserie microwave over next to the fridge, on the freezer side, on the counter. Under the cabinet with the plates and bowls to the left of the fridge as you face the fridge. A microwave oven. That is a Raj and Wilk, oh. (laughs) Nobody ever said microwave. I think it came out generally at the funeral. I keep getting your point if you're wondering. Dot, dot, dot. So where was he found then? Two for 28 is what, 65%? It's not like this is all that... The microwave was in the kitchen. I already explained, oh. All right. All right. 
So, okay, now, who would you say speaks most about the guy, keeps his memory alive, verbally, the most now? You, CT, or the moms? I think it's a three-way tie. Who is CT again? CT is the moms' is either adopted brother or oh, who's half-brother. Oh, the co-leader. The co-leader of ETA and uh, her, her, lo- her lover. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, Charles Tavis. Charles Tavis, CT. Okay, great. He was in with Hal when um, he interviewed at the college. And when he had, had his like, episode. Mm-hmm. We still haven't addressed that. Hmm. Yeah. I'm sure uh, it'll come And back. it never will be again. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you, there's never more info about that? That's the end of the book is the beginning. The beginning is yeah. the end? Yeah. Hopefully that's not too much of a spoiler. Well, that's a bit of a spoiler. Well, it's there's a lot that happens to get <laughs> up to that point. Don't worry about it being the end. It's the end, but it's not the, the end. The end is the beginning is the end. Mm-hmm. Is that a uh, freaking Smashing Pumpkin song? I don't know. I think so. Uh, so it's never mentioned. Nobody talks about him. It's taboo. But you seem to be forgetting somebody. Mario talks about him, about it. Sometimes. To what and or who all this talking? To me, for one, I suppose. And so you do talk about it, but only to him and only after he initiates it. Oren, I lied. I haven't even started on the right foot yet. I've been too afraid to change my angle of approach to the nails. The right foot's a whole different angle of approach. I'm afraid the magic is left foot dependent. I'm like your superstitious lineman, talking about it's broken the spell. Now I'm self-conscious and afraid. I've been sitting here on the edge of the bed with my right knee up under my chin, poised, studying the foot, frozen with aboriginal terror. And lying about it to my own brother. Can I ask you who it was who found him? His who found him at the oven? Found by one Harold James in Condensa, thirteen going on really old. You were the one you Jesus. were who found him, not the moms. This guy just destroyed a bunch of tennis rackets. Uh on purpose? Yeah. Out of anger? Yeah. Oh. That was awful. Wow. I mean, tennis boys, they're they're very angry. Uh yeah, mutual pause. Uh, listen, may I ask why this sudden interest after four years, 216 days, and with, with two years of that not even once calling? I've already said I don't feel safe not answering Helen's questions if I haven't got a handle on what I'm not saying. <laughs> Helen, so you did, is why. I'm still frozen, by the way. The self-consciousness that kills the magic is getting worse and worse. This is why Pemulus and Trolch always seem to let a lead slip away. The standard term is tightening up. The clippers are poised, blades on either side of the nail. I just can't achieve the unconsciousness to actually clip. Maybe it was cleaning up the few that missed. Suddenly the wastebasket seems small and far away. I've lost the magic by talking about it instead of just giving in to it. Launching the nail out toward the wastebasket now seems like an exercise in telemetry. You mean telemetry? How embarrassing. When the skills go, they go. (laughs) Listen, you know, why don't you go ahead and ask me whatever standard ghoulish questions you want not to answer. This may be your only shot. Usually I seem not to talk about it. (laughs) Was she there? The pea goat? Joel hadn't been around the ground since you two split up. You knew about that himself met her at the brownstone shooting i'm sure you know way more about whatever it was they were trying to make joel and himself himself went underground too 
CT was already doing most of the day-to-day administration. Himself was down in that little post-production closet off the lab for like a solid month. Mario would bring food and essentials down. Sometimes he'd eat with Lyle. I don't think he came up to ground level for at least a month, except just one trip out to Belmont to McLean's for a two-day purge and detox. This was about a week after he'd came back. He'd flown off somewhere for three days for what the impression I get was work-related business, film-related. If Lyle didn't go with him, Lyle went somewhere because he wasn't in the weight room. I know Mario didn't go with him and didn't know what was up. Mario doesn't lie. It was unclear whether he'd finished whatever he was editing. Himself, I mean. He stopped living on April 1st, if you weren't sure, was the day. I can tell you on April 1st he wasn't back by the time PM matches started because I'd been around the lab door right after lunch and he wasn't back. He went in for another detox, you say. In what, March? The moms herself emerged and risked exterior transit and took him herself, so I gather it was urgent. He quit drinking in January, Hal. It was something Joelle was real specific about. She called even after we agreed not to call and told me about it even after I said I didn't want to hear about him if she was going to still be in his things. She said he hadn't had a drop in weeks. It was her condition for letting him put her in what he was doing. She said he said he'd do anything. Well, I don't know what to tell you. By this time, it was hard to tell whether he'd been ingesting anything or not. Apparently, at a certain point, it stops making a difference. Did he have film-related things with him when he flew somewhere? A film case? Equipment? Oh, I didn't see him leave and didn't see him come back. He wasn't around by match time, I know. Freer beat, beat me badly and fast. It was four and one, four and two, something. And we were the first ones done. I came around HMH to do an emergency load of laundry before dinner. This was around uh, 16.30. I came over and came in and noticed something right away and found him. Yep. Is that a stopping point? It, how long have we been going? I'm just th- thinking that it's 30 minutes exactly. Yeah, great. Yeah. I feel like yeah. and found him is a good uh, stopping point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just because I know this, uh, for any listeners, that this is a longer segment. This goes on probably another eight pages, so we're going to have to divide it in two. Right, Molly? Yes. Um, so that feels, feels dramatic enough a stopping point. Yes. Um, I don't know how I feel about his dialogue. It, I mean, it has its... its I, obviously, it's like purposely stilted and overwritten in the same sense as the rest of the book is. But, you know, it feels weird to imagine people actually saying like speaking it in some of these terms to each other you know what i say yeah it's definitely um it's a it's stylized yeah yeah it's very stylized and it's you know the funny thing is that it's so rare in the book that every time it happens it it just feels um like it is like in its own way it's it's its own formal exercise or something you know yes um, sorry, I just opened my email reflexively and saw that I got a refund from a Kickstarter that I supported in 2016. <laughs> and someone is like, I'm deeply sorry for failing your trust, commitment, and belief in community. <laughs> I didn't even... I this was M- Molly, do you feel like your belief in community has been betrayed? I totally forgot. <laughs> I completely forgot about this. This is... Um, that is so 
funny. It was for a uh, a press, a, a small press trying to get started, and I guess they never did. Poor small press. Talk well, about the death of well, print. Molly, I, I hope that you're, uh, you know, you can learn to believe in community again. I can't have donated. In 2016, I can't have donated more than like $10 to something. <laughs> that is so funny. Remember wow. Kickstarter? I feel like that Kickstarter really fell off. Yeah, I mean, it's now everything is GoFundMe's, right? Because GoFundMe's kick- or Patreons. Yeah, kick- Kickstarter is like a pro, like a it's got to be like a finite project. Yeah, and paid in like a lump sum. Like yeah. I don't think you're allowed to. There's no such thing as like a monthly donation versus yeah, Patreon kind of ate their lunch in that yeah. regard. You can't do a Kickstarter for a podcast. But then also GoFundMe. I don't know why GoFundMe took over Kickstarter because you don't need. Um, I think there's standards for um, there's there's standards for like what the project is or are pretty lower. much non-existent, yeah, and you like, don't have you to hit a goal. Me, that's just like give me money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can if for literally no reason. Uh, thank you, Pot Save America, Dan Pfeiffer, for uh, for making the dream of a, a site where you can just say give me money exist. That's that's a what? Like one of the Pod Save guys was on the board for GoFundMe. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, the probably the one of the, the biggest sources for uh for uh, private healthcare funding. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> anyway, um, so Sorry what are, what is the infinite gist of this? Uh, I mean, what Hal and Orn have have a brotherly phone call. Yeah. So yeah, just because it's obviously things are being pieced together, but mm-hmm. uh, they hadn't spoken in two years. It's been four years since. Since Jo died, Jo died. It seems like Orin like literally doesn't even know. Like he he's so estranged from his family that, that he doesn't know the basic. He's trying to get the details of what went down so he can do this puff piece interview for the benefit of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and not get anything wrong or slash and or withhold the right information. Yeah, not not wanting to no comment at the wrong things. Yes, he, um, he wants to have the right the right. Some comments in the right, no comments. But of course, um, he's. It's not just for the benefit of the Cardinals. It's the for the benefit of uh, Helen Steeply, aka Hugh Steeply. Oh yes, Office of Unspecified Services, Services, who is uh, yeah. tracking him for a reason. And that's all the wheelchair guys as well. And the wheel, yeah. So things are closing in on Orin a little bit. In but it's uh, still it's still unclear Arizona. why they are interested in him. Correct. Well, it's. I mean, the clearest is that they're trying to figure out the source of the entertainment, and that's sure. his dad. Um, and they're trying. And, the, and the pea goat. And the pea goat. So yeah, it's all, so things are coming together slowly. Uh, Orin might be the first person to be stalked by both United States and Quebecois separatist uh, forces. He won't be the last. Okay, great. <laughs> this is they haven't uh, picked him special. Oh. Also interesting to know is that he seems to only want to sleep with um young moms. Yes. Which is a thing. And then also, yeah, he finds uh, Helen Steeply incredibly attractive. Even though which the is confusing. last time that we were, she was described, she was descri- like a mess. His, his his outfit was described as monster, like grotesque. It sounds like it was really bad drag. Yeah, um, the drag that was, was like falling literally apart. falling off of him. Yeah, his tits were were askew. Yeah, askew. You um, could see like if I remember like maybe some of his shadow coming through like his five, five o'clock, o'clock shadow. shadow. He had like electrolysis makeup. rashes. Like you, yeah. It's it's confusing that uh, such a girl, a girl and a half in every direction. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's that's that's that, and All then right. we have. I don't think we had known before that Hal had found um, had found Jo his dad's body with head in head in the microwave. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I've been thinking about Don Gately this week. Yeah. Uh, because Matt Gates, uh-huh. his dad, who's uh-huh. also a Florida politics guy, is named Don. Don Gates. Don. Gately. Oh, Gate. <laughs> okay. That's why I, I've been I've been thinking about him. That's funny. Yes. Um. Should I should I describe the jokes that I saw? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you describe those memes? Okay. So two two different ones, both with the same, um the same you know joke basically and one is do you know the the tiktok meme that's basically like a group on one side it's like a group of of bikini babes laughing and on the Mm -hmm. other side it's usually like a nerdy guy like presenting yeah weird things yeah the girls they're watching and they're like oh okay okay, all right and then something something happens happens and they're like like, "Ah!" yeah uh i saw one where the um that was the girls laughing on one side and the other side is like it was basically like a black guy and he was like you know, nodding at them. And when they scream is when he pull, pulls up a copy of Infinite Jest. Yes. Someone tweeted that at us, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Somebody somebody tweeted that yeah. at us. Um, and uh, I looked down in the comments and somebody was like, yo, man, did you buy Infinite Jest for this joke? And he was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, any, any way to get him in the door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I guess I guess anybody doing it would be funny. I, like I get why it's funny, but yeah. I think it's specifically uh, it was supposed to be a uh, a joke about a, a s- somewhat racialized joke that it was like a, wh- a white person thing. Oh, you got that? I thought I thought it was a a, a gender, thing, gender uh, thing of like a, girls would not be excited to see a guy with infinite jazz, and Jess. they were. Um, I, I kind of got. I think I somewhere deep in the comments, I saw somebody say that it's like a white white person thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's layer, layers. There's to layers that, to it, but clearly. And then the other thing, I just saw somebody had a picture. I think I I, I g chatted this to you. Uh, somebody had made a, uh, a a Joy Division shirt, the Unknown Pleasure shirt, but under it it says Infinite Jest, yeah. or it says Infinite Jest on top, and David Foster Wallace at the bottom. And somebody was doing a joke, being like, "What you?" Uh, what do you do if you you see this this guy talking at your girl at a party for uh for thirty minutes? <laughs> WYD. WYD. Um, I want I, that shirt. <laughs> yes, I do. I think it'd be funny to wear it in public. Yes, and that's we're gonna the kind of person joke. that I am. We're gonna collect joke unknown pleasures sir, shirts. I don't know. Just it's just funny to me that it, this thing continues to be like a cultural joke of all things to become like one of the joke books of culture but i guess it makes sense like what else would take this thing's place if it as like the joke book like yeah, the nothing, punchline book nothing else quite everything else has a slightly different like role in culture i mean i guess it would be like gravity's rainbow but i feel like people don't even talk about gravity's rainbow i wonder if anymore. people talked about like a heartbreaking work of staggering genius like they talk about yeah. this book I can see that like if if Dave Eggers takes the place of like the the pretentious like millennial author male author but even that I mean I guess it just has to be infinite jest because even a heartbreaking work of staggering genius have you read them I (laughs) I haven't (laughs) I have I've read a few Eggers um my my hot take is that I think Eggers is is just fine I don't actually think he's that great. I read Heartbreaking Work at some point, and I kind of thought it was great while I read it, and then like immediately a- after I finished it, it was like that kind of sucks. <laughs> it's just like yeah, very like treacly and I think that's congratulatory and and stuff. I mean, I so I guess I would say it's well written, but you know, it has to be just because Jest has the pretension of being like not just important, but like I don't know, academic in some way. 
mm-hmm. you know, that it, that it is some kind of achievement of thought rather than just like a, a pop book that is good. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, I it's funny what I wish would take place as like, you know, it, I don't think it's quite, again, quite the same thing, but I wish what would become a meme book is the book The Secret History by I Donna Tartt. That that's that's, that's a, a like Donna a dark, because dark academia is like a big <laughs> thing in TikTok. You laugh, but it's true. It's like dark what, academia. It's like the new Tumblr what, type of aesthetic. Isn't that what Jordan Peterson does? He's the dark professor. Yeah, sort of, but not in, not his aesthetic, yeah. maybe his vibe, but his look, certainly not. He's yes. just full of beef young, all the time. Young men are out there trying to li- read infinite jest when they can't even take care of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> clean, uh, clean your room even if it has nothing in it but uh <laughs> i feel like i'm doing more of the um the baseball prank baseball cra- virgil's baseball clean your room clean your room. the only thing you have in your room is an it, infinite chest book a chest don't ladies don't fuck him put him put it on a shelf take it off the floor um Wait, who is Donna Tart? What is Dark Academia? Dark Academia is a TikTok aesthetic that's like, you know, a girl wearing like a like a, a black chiffon dress in the library reading okay. a book. It's very Tumblr. Like it's I mean, this is all like teen girl aesthetic. It's it's the new wave of that. It's okay. very that. Cuz it cuz you know, you got your your e-girls, you got your um uh, oh, your Visco girls. That's a little dated yeah. with your Hydro Flask like 2019 and your thing. little your little skateboards. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> this is funny. The tennis TV is there's a player. I think it's just a a supercut of a, of a flashy player, yeah. And it's just showing him sitting on the baseline trying to flip water bottles. Yeah, do the water <laughs> bottle flip thing. Um, but Donna Tart Secret History. She was one of the Bennington girls. She oh came out of yes, the late '80s Bennington folks, along with uh, Peter Dinklage. Along with and, Peter uh, Dinklage. Um, and well, we were just talking about Brett, it last week. Brady Snell. Brady. Um, Brady East, and uh, it's about it's set at a um, elite rural Vermont college, and it's like all of these archetypes of these glamorous people who are all studying ancient Latin and Greek together. I mean, that's it sounds like in a in a special program that is like completely isolated from the rest of campus with a charismatic professor. Okay. But things go wrong when they decide to uh, create their own Dionysian uh, like ceremony. Cult? Okay things go awry it's great it's a it's a it's a dark academia murder mystery and all the hot girls love it (laughs) (laughs) hot girls love the secret history and anyway i I wish it would become even more of a meme of like that's that is a certain vibe anyway you should Uh, read it it's good uh you should make it into a meme Okay, I'll try. I'm uh, too busy fellas, making... Fellas, if you go over to her house and all she has on her bookshelf is the secret history... Lock it down. <laughs> Lock that shit down. Um, no, I'm, I'm too busy making um, The Hardest Ever by Will I Am <laughs> featuring Jennifer Lopez and, and Mick, Jagger, Mick Jagger a meme. meme. But I'll, I've got some time left you over. Can, you can try to do more memes. Sure. Uh, all right, anything else that we want to do from this segment? Uh, it's a pretty, pretty lean... It's a pretty lean segment, but yeah, I yeah. Mean, well, we, we, it's funny that the dialogue seems to always have you know more exposition than the endless <laughs> descriptions I, of things. I will say for people to hang on until next week, um, one of next the next section, the finishing of this conversation has one of the darkest, sickest jokes that I've ever read in literature. Oh, so really? Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, I, I might consider my interest peak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Uh, all right. Well, we can we can hang it up. I I 
told myself that I would not actually ever do work on this podcast other than just recording it and putting it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently we had a request to um, like actually mark where the reading ends and the discussion begins. And I went back times. I went back in uh, the thing and I edited all of the You did all of them? Marking where the discussion started. So I guess I will do that in the future. <laughs> Fine. Oh, I will make, pot. I will make it this show more listenable. It's the least we can do. I started adding little descriptions in the description of like what is going on in the segment. Mm-hmm. Basically the infinite gist. The infinite gist. Um, so. I feel like we should also put content warnings in. Although it seems like every freaking section there's something about addiction or but assault like, you, or whatever. We can't start Suicide. doing that or else we're just going to have to. I think there's a basic understanding that if you read Infinite Jest, you're going to be reading about triggering triggering stuff. Th- things. Well, we put one content warning up for one thing that was particularly violent. I think we put the content warning for the Yours Truly section um, where they were buying the drugs that were laced. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there was just really, really bad, bad talk about uh, black people and Asian people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think that I think maybe a content warning for for overt racism. I don't know overt racism. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but not for the suicide or the drugs or stuff. That's just in the book. Because if I start putting that up, it's just going to be every section is a little, you know. But you know, co- comment below if you if there is something we can do with um. With <laughs> I'm just going to start warnings. putting content warning colon infinite jest in the so description of everything. Posh. <laughs> applesauce all right we we can sign off for this week okay goodbye goodbye goodbye